Chris Phelps, your host for Indie Combat. This is a weekly show where I chat about the world of WWE, MMA and bit of boxing. Each week I'll review or preview each sport's relevant events, some classic matches and a topic of the week. This is Indie Combat. So start off this week, WWE. WrestleMania season's coming up. We'd had Batista came back a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely took out Ric Flair on his 70th birthday party. For me, this looks like a work. It looks like Ric Flair is actually in on it with Batista. And they're going to double cross Triple H. All these up to Triple H's yearly fight. And with Batista coming back, it's all a bit nice bit of PR before Guardians of the Galaxy come back in Avengers. So really interesting stuff. That was quite a good segment, actually. It actually showed quite a lot of the young guys how to do it. Now, Ronda Rousey, who was the UFC champion, I mentioned her before. She's a big wrestling fan, big fan of Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's why she's called Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And she has the same letter type on her outfits and everything in the WWE. She's the champion. She's fighting against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, which I mentioned a few weeks ago. What's happened is... She's gone off piece, basically. Her and Becky Lynch have had a proper Twitter bout. I think they're trying to... It's all work, but I think they're trying to force this angle where Ronda's going off script and she's going to destroy Becky Lynch. So she's saying to her real name, which is Rebecca Quinn, um, Becky Lynch had put tweets up of like an armbar saying it was rubbish and a picture of her husband stuck on the arm and all this. It got a bit nasty, which, you know, it's all social media, as you do. They went back and forth, bit of swearing. Non-PG era, which was quite good for a change. It went back to the old school WWE. That's been quite enjoyable to to watch, to be fair. And going up to WrestleMania, it's just going to ramp it up. I think there's been insider stuff saying Vince McMahon's finally realised that they need an edgier product. It's just too diluted and crap, basically, at the moment, a lot of the stuff. And when the old ones come back, it, it brings all the memories back of how good it was years ago. As well, Roman Reigns, who I mentioned a few episodes ago, gone into remission which is great news for leukemia but he's now back on the roster so he's reformed his gang the shield they're going to be going up against a few people at wrestlemania which is going to be really good could be dean ambrose who's part of his last match he's supposed to be going but some are saying that's a work as well he's not actually leaving so we'll see how that one plays out and that's it really for wwe this week AEW, quite a big one actually they're getting everything in place they've got all the shows penciled in they haven't actually gone live yet but there's a big rumour that Jim Ross, who's the best colour commentator for me in WWE history, he's as good as anybody out there, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby DeBrain Heenan, him and, and JR, amazing. Uh, him and JR, that's terrible. Him and the King, Jerry Lawler, sorry. A fantastic duo, all the way through the Attitude Era, everything. And then JR's had a few problems with him on and off last few years. He's, he's on a Legends contract, but his contract expires next month, so there's big rumours now that he signed this AEW. Now, he's 67 years old. He recently lost his wife. He he loves working. I don't see the problem. He's better than what the WWE have got out there now. And they're trying to bring this sort of ESPN sports feel to everything. I don't know whether, I don't know whether you've ever seen the American presentation of sports shows and journalists, but that's how it goes. And it's just not the same. The, the raw emotion of JR beats everything. You know, we sat there, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Fantastic. Some of the as much as the wrestlers made it, the commentators made that experience of the Attitude Era the best era for wrestling ever. So that'd be a great capture for AEW, I think. It really will, and the nostalgia side of it, and the fact that this AEW is not going to be PG, 
and it's going to be risque again. It'll probably have me tuning in, which I've always been a total WWF, WWE fanboy. I didn't mind the WCW. I'd watch it because of Hogan and that, but I was always WWF always. So it's going to be interesting. It might actually get me watching it again, the weekly product for a change. Right, so for the retro section, I want to go not too morbid, guys, so please forgive me. But I think with the news in this last week of Keith Flint, the leasing of the prodigy, unfortunately, you know, taking his own life, you know, absolute trailblazer, mid-90s fire starter. I was into the prodigy before that. I mean, I'm 40 years old now, spent many a weekend in Manchester, absolutely all over the prodigy growing up and I still listen to the great sits now and um, it's one of them where I actually remember giving up my tickets to the Prodigy for my younger brother to go and watch him at the GMAX and I ended up in town in the Flea and Firkin and Oxford Road so I've got some great memories of the Prodigy and my, my brother always thanks me for that which is very rare but he did <laughs> he went with my cousin and I remember him coming in afterwards and we were in Manchester there on Oxford Road and absolute brilliant band so with the retro section I wanted to concentrate on Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, with the, obviously this radio station being supported by Andy's Man Club, which is a volunteer-run charity, which helps people, you know, who are going through like suicidal thoughts or people coping after someone has committed suicide. And it's something that, you know, we, we run the jingle and everything and, and, you know, it's having an understanding of what it's about. So this is about like, Jake the Snake. And Jake the Snake somebody who had a lot of physical, mental, you know, issues, a lot of stuff regarding, you know, possibly committing suicide. He, he'd had a few overdoses and stuff like that. And, and he's somebody who thankfully has come out the other side. Now, Jake the Snake is a second-generation wrestler. His father was a wrestler, but he had a lot of problems when he was a kid. He's, he's, he was abused. Him and his sister were abused growing up, and it always stayed with him throughout. And he's a big guy, six foot five, big monster of a guy. He's not Hulk Hogan monster as in absolutely muscle out of his head. You know, he's not like that, but he, he had a slim uh, figure. He, he was all about, he was called Jake the Snake Roberts. He carried a snake to the ring. Everyone was scared of him. He, he had what everyone says about Jake the Snake Roberts. He had the best wrestling psychology, which is he could make you believe just by an interview how nasty and conniving he really was. And, and this went through his whole career, you know, so he was a great wrestler. And he had the DDT, which used to be when he was doing the movie, grabbed, someone's neck, a bit of a headlock, but then front face him, do the twiddle of the finger, the right finger, and then he dropped back as if to crush the head on the floor. <clears throat> Obviously, it didn't hurt anybody, but it was the DDT and it's synonymous even to these, you know, to this day, and especially as I was growing up, he was such a wrestling fan. But there's an actual documentary that's made by Jake the Snake Roberts, and it's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Now, originally it was on Netflix. Now it's on Amazon Prime. I'd, I'd actually, anybody who's going through any issues or any sort of thoughts or, you know, any mental, physical addiction, anything, please just give this a watch. It's so good and inspiring. And basically, this guy called Diamond Dallas Page, another wrestler, a big hero of mine, he does a system of yoga which he created when he was still wrestling. Now, he's 62 years old now, Dallas. I'm a massive advocate of DDP yoga, DDPY. I'd love to get out there and sort of teach it. I know pretty much a lot of stuff, and it helps people. It could be something that maybe we could do. 
to help people who are going through something. Yoga focuses the mind. It's great for your body, any injuries, muscle repair, anything. I mean, I'm a, a trained personal trainer as well on the on the side as my, my full-time job. And I advocate yoga over anything. Now, I've, I've trained weights since I was 16 years old. And they might have injuries and problems I've had through playing football, weights. I've done MMA, everything. And yoga is the one thing that brings me back, grounds me, gets me in a zone where I'm just not thinking about anything else but my body, where I'm taking it. And I, I, I advocate that more than anything for somebody who's going through a lot of mental problems and, and you know, thoughts in your head or anything else. It just... It helps you, it grounds you. So if anybody does want any information before we get into it properly, please get in contact with me on Twitter at chrisphelps 78 or contact the station direct on Twitter at Indie Rocks UK or the Facebook at Indie Rocks UK. Or on top of that, if you want to get hold of Andy's Man Club, the email is info at andysmanclub.co.uk. If you want to talk to someone who might be better suited to deal with this than myself, and on Twitter, the it is on Twitter, it's at Andy's Man Club and on Facebook. Please, guys, get in touch. So basically, what, what this documentary is, is it's an inspiring tale of basically Diamond Dallas Page, Jake the Snake Roberts were great friends. Jake the Snake was Diamond Dallas's mentor when he got into wrestling. He helped him with how to wrestle the psychology. They traveled together, he gave him give him the break, give him a push, spoke to the right people to get Dallas involved in the wrestling. And Dallas will never ever be able to repay him for that. And he's always indebted for him because of the life that he leads. Now, Dallas was a late wrestler. He was 35 when he got into WCW. He'd, he'd done stuff in the WWE, a couple, couple of like spots here and there. He drove one of the Cadillacs of Rhythm and Blues. I think it was WrestleMania 3 to the ring. And it was his Cadillac. He was a nightclub owner and he was a doorman and all this. And he had this club. A lot of the wrestlers used to go after the shows in his town and, and I think it was in Atlanta, and he would, you know, basically sort them all out. And then he wanted to get into the wrestling, and a lot of the wrestlers then, you know, had him as a contact, and they became good friends. That's where it come from. Now, Jake the Snake, unfortunately, he's a big drink, a big boozer. Drugs as well, on top of that, came in a bit later on. So going to a nightclub was obviously heaven for him. So him and Dallas forged this friendship. It helped Dallas break into us. It helped Jake the Snake, obviously, have a drink. And he, he suffered Jake the Snake for like 30 years of addiction. I mentioned a few shows ago, Beyond the Map, which is a fly-on-the-wall documentary. It's available on YouTube. Please get it on. There's stuff about the Montreal Screwjob, which I mentioned two shows ago. This is about everything. And it's on there about Jake the Snake when he's absolutely out of his face and his, his family's, you know, basically fell apart. His wife's left him, his daughter's on the phone to him. She's an adult now and, and he's had problems with his sons and all this. And, you know, there's very estranged from him. And it hit rock bottom then. And that was around about 97 that came out, 98. Now, fast forward to around about 2013, I'd say rough, I'm, I'm guessing now, about 2013, he'd hit rock bottom. He'd been in and out of rehab. He'd had multiple injuries. His hips had gone, his knee, shoulder. He, he just, he, he didn't have the money or the, healthcare to, to do anything and then lo and behold in steps diamond dallas and this is where the documentary comes in and he he goes to see him he's, he's had a few times when he'd gone to rehab and stopped drinking but there's plenty of times where he relapsed and you know no one's to judge anybody on that we all have our demons we all have problems we don't like to talk about whatever but unfortunately his, his demon mainly is addiction and basically dallas turns up at his home just whisks him away gets him on a plane, says, right, you'll come with me. 
and he takes him to the he calls it the accountability crib. And I know with America, it's it, everything's more glamorized than that. But Dallas does it off his own back. He's got a team of people there at the DDPY center. It helps them mentally, physically, gives them counseling, gets them to do the yoga. Now, Jake couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. He was 60 years old. I think he's about 65 now. Absolutely. The worst it could be, he didn't have long to live the way he was going down this alley. You know, crap, cocaine, everything. You you name it, he'd done it. And it's all to do with the fact that he was abused when he was a child. And it's just something that snowballed for years and years. It's something carried around with him. This big, tough wrestler guy, just, you know, he, he was totally vulnerable as a kid. And that obviously is not his fault. And I don't think it ever came to justice, his abuser and that. But basically, Dallas just helps him and turns it round, gets him doing the yoga, gets him concentrating on him, on his body, on his mind. And like I say, it's not for everybody, fitness and training, but but I genuinely believe that them endorphins that you release, even if it's a five-minute walk or a 10-minute walk or a five-minute cycle ride or doing 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, whatever, something that makes you concentrate on you, on your body. And it helps. It helps me. I'm being completely honest. I train five to six times a week. And with the days I don't train, I feel guilty, but your body needs to rest. You know, at 40 years old, I've had plenty of injuries. I'm nursing a bad shoulder rotator cuff injury at the moment, so I'm having to work around that, but it's not stopping me training. So it's something that I would love people to get into the yoga, and, and he did, and he helps him. And then halfway through the documentary, Jake's getting clean. There's a couple of relapses where he has a drink, and, the, the, you know, they have to hold him accountable, and he's apologising, but he does turn it round and... Another wrestler called Scott Hall, who in the WWE early 90s, around about 90s, he was called Razor Ramon, and then he ended up in the NWO in WCW. This section of, I mentioned about three episodes ago with Hulk Hogan in the NWO. Scott Hall was one of the main guys with Kevin Nash. Scott Hall, again, like Jay the Snake, massive drinker, absolutely ridiculous, just gets wasted. He's an alcoholic now. And he joined the documentary halfway through. They picked him up from the airport in a wheelchair, He'd had them because what happened with Jake as well is it shows it in the documentaries. He'd been at a wrestling show and was that drunk that they had to just the guy who was wrestling just had to basically spear him, get him on the floor and pin him dead quick because he just he was in no state to do anything. He was absolutely hammered. And this happened with Scott Hall, same thing, got really aggressive with people and, and they had to sort of ban him from this show. So what happened then was Scott joined. Scott's actually in a worse physical condition than Jake. He needed a hip replacement and they did a big Kickstarter thing for him and he actually got the money to have his hip replaced because of obviously health insurance is so expensive in America. You know, God, as much as whatever we all say about queuing and waiting and stuff, the NHS is fantastic. The, the stuff that's available and, and the quickness of it at times is really good. So, you know, we should all be grateful for that. But yeah, so Scott joined. So it ends up being a bit of a, a tag team you know, because the eyeball of wrestlers, of these two with Dallas saving themselves. There's a couple of times in the documentary Dallas has had to go away. And when he goes away, they're like a pair of kids as if they were left off the leash. And he, he comes back and they've either relapsed or they've, they've just not been following the programme. But by the end of it, Jake absolutely turns his life around. He ends up in the Hall of Fame. He ends up coming back to WWE Raw one night, comes out with the snake and genuinely... He, he, absolutely complete 180. You wouldn't even think it was the same person. And this thing, obviously didn't happen over a couple of months. I think they filmed this over 18 months, two years. But they got there in the end. And, and the Diamond Dallas Page Yoga, DDPY Yoga, it's not your typical namaste. Now, originally it was called YRG, 
which is yoga for guys, it was called. But you can't, you know, you can't say that because you can't be that sexist, I suppose. And, and Dallas wasn't being sexist. He genuinely said, because obviously yoga's predominantly female participants and probably 90% are female, he created this one for men. So, so what you do is with the DDP yoga is it's all about you're doing like slow release press-ups. You are doing stretches, but you're doing a little bit of boxing, a bit of punches in there. There's a lot of calisthenics in there as well. So it isn't what you would think. There's no namaste. There's no like music in the background. Diamond Dallas Page is like his wrestling persona. He's in your face. He's brash. He's proper American grizzly voice. You know, he's 62, but he's in great shape. And and he's someone who I look up to a lot. He's someone that I have been tipping on the edge of actually doing the proper program to become a yoga instructor and I keep saying I'm going to do it and then putting it off. And I think probably reading all the stuff I've seen this week, I just want to help people. And I think with Dallas, that's what he promotes. It's all about dealing with yourself and dealing with your own issues. So yeah, so I'll put some links in the show actually on social media and on Facebook for DDPY. But yeah, the resurrection of Jake the Snake guys, fantastic. And what a transformation, what a turnaround and something, you know, there's no point in going too in depth. I don't want to ruin it for you, but if you haven't seen it, it's well worth a watch. That that just that redemption of Jake the Snake at the end and Scott Hall is fantastic, and it shows with the right attitude and support system, you can do it, guys. You can talk to people. You can do it. Not necessarily everyone's going to come away from listening to this wanting to do yoga, but just do something. You know, just get out, do something. Don't be afraid to do it. You know, so uh, really good. I'll put the links for the. Resurrection of Jake the Snake in the show as well on Amazon Prime. But if you would have to obviously pay for Amazon Prime if you've not got it, $7.99 a month. But it's worth it. And there's plenty of other stuff available that are free on YouTube and things like that regarding these stories of redemption. We probably all know that. But I just thought it was quite, not to be too serious, but quite an important subject this week with everything that's gone on with Keith Flint as a trailblazer. You know, and that had the Chester Bennington out of Lincoln Park, you know, couple of hours before and he's smiling and laughing and joking. You wouldn't even think it. And then the next minute he commits suicide. Nobody knows what people are going through. Gary Speed, the footballer, same thing, you know. So if you need to talk to anyone, guys, get in contact with the show. At Chris Phelps 78 is myself on Twitter. I'll happily talk to you, pass on any information or find out the right uh, support system if you're going through something at the moment or at Indie Rocks UK on Twitter and Facebook or at Andy's Man Club. That's probably your best bet, guys. All right. So, retro section, fantastic. Right, so UFC 235 was on last week, and it was a great card, to be fair, guys. Really good card. A guy called Diego Sanchez was on the undercard. He was the original Ultimate Fighter winner from 2005. So, he's been fighting in the UFC for 14 years, but overall, he's been fighting for nearly 20 Gets a great victory over a guy called Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall was the one who beat CM Punk, the XWE wrestler, in his debut a couple of years ago. Great fight. Sanchez was just too much for him. And experience of fighting for all like, them years actually helped. And it was his first stoppage in about nine years, I think since 2010. Really good. So that was a highlight of one of the undercards. On to the main card. Some cracky fights. There was some massive controversy, though. Robbie Lawler v. Ben Askren. Askren's a guy who's undefeated. He's been the champ outside the UFC at welterweight. That's £170. Comes in first round against Robbie Lawler. Askren's like this Olympic gold medal wrestler. Teaches and trains all these wrestlers who are in the UFC who are top wrestlers. 
gets in with Robbie Lawler, gets into a clinch. Robbie Lawler just does a suplex. That's all I can say. So it smashes him on his head, starts smashing him, smashing him out. Ben Askren's face, he's knack absolutely knackered. He's got blood everywhere. He's never had a beating like it. And then, from nowhere, Askren gets out of it, gets up, gets into a bit of a tussle with Lawler and gets him into the old schoolyard headlock, exactly like you would think a headlock for being a kid, you know, at the side. And Robbie couldn't get out of it and he was going and going. And then Robbie's arm actually went down like he'd, he'd knocked him unconscious, which I think for a second he was out. But anyway, as his hand went down, Herb Dean, the ref, come in, who's the best ref in the world, calls the fight off and Robbie jumps up. What are you doing? And then he realised that he wasn't out. Well, so I think he was out. I understand completely why it was stopped because his arm did go limp for a second and then he put his thumb up, but it was too late by then. He stopped the fight and Askren got the win. Now, Robbie Lawler, absolute class afterwards. Within about five seconds of remonstrating with Herb, hugs him, don't worry, it's fine. We all make mistakes. Absolute class act. Don't worry, Herb, it's fine. He gets a loss on his resume, but they're going to run it back again, which is great. And, and I think that's fantastic. So... Big respect to Robbie Lawler, Rufus Robbie Lawler. If you do get to see it, guys, I think it is available on the UFC's Facebook page if you want to see that, or BT Sports page as well. The co-main event was the welterweight champ, Tyrone Woodley. Big wrestler, monster of a guy. Very small, but just like absolute you know, unit of a guy. Real muscly and everything. Against Kamara Usman, who's from Nigeria. And Kamara Usman absolutely dominated him. It was a five-round, five five-minute rounds. Usman's not supposed to be the better wrestler, but he was. He was absolutely fantastic. And all he did was smother Woodley in the stand-up exchange. Woodley's really quick. He's a great boxer. He's got loads of power. Didn't have anything for Usman. Usman just dominated him. And it's one of the most one-sided title defences I've ever seen because the champ was just nowhere. And Woodley, to me, looks completely disinterested, not bothered. He was just like dead lethargic. He just didn't even look like the same fighter who'd beaten the UK's Darren Till in his last set. Darren Till's from Liverpool was undefeated and Woodley knocked him out, uh, knocked him down, sorry, and then choked him out in the second round in their fight. And he didn't even look like the same guy. It just looked weird. But like, the thing is with Woodley, Woodley's got like a rap art album out now. He's, he's supporting that Wifi Khalifa. He, he, he works with TMZ now on there. So he's got a lot of distractions outside of the training camp. Whereas Usman, one of the podcasts I listened to, The Fire and the Kid, he actually said, Brendan Sharp, he said, well, while he's doing TMZ and doing his rap stuff, Usman's training and he's training and he's training. And they said, as soon as you start having outside interests outside your training, it doesn't matter how much effort you're putting into the training, you've always got that distraction. You will never give as much. And he showed, it was a really, really strange fight. You'd think that Usman was the champ up Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I think he's going to reign for a long time. I don't think so many people get the better of him anyway. So that was a great fight. And then onto the main event was John Jones v Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, he's been fighting for years. He's had over 40 professional MMA fights. He's moved up from middleweight, which is 185 pounds to 205, which is the light heavyweight. John Jones, I've mentioned before, very, very uh, polarizing figure. Again, leading up to the fight, there was these picograms of steroids in his system, but they're saying that from his original tainted positive reading from a couple of years ago when he got banned, I don't necessarily buy it, but he's getting away with it. So he gets a fight and it was just one-sided. First round, Anthony Smith was standing toe-to-toe with Jones, giving as good as he got. Jones's fight IQ, as they call it, and his, his te- technical abilities, he's just beyond it. Smith was just trying 
to box him. He couldn't do it. After the first round, you could just see where it was going. And after that, Jones just smothered him and smothered him and smothered him. The only bit of controversy was in about the fourth round, Jones got him down, was giving him a bit of a pummeling, looked like he might finish him. And then he runs in with a knee, an illegal knee, and you can't throw a knee in the UFC when the, your opponent's down. So Herb Dean was the ref again, the one who did the Robbie Lawler controversy from earlier on. And he basically took two points off him. And even with two points off him, like it was nowhere near. Like a 10-8 in the UFC is not a 10-8 in boxing. It will be. Sometimes it can be. But you can get a 10-8 if you just absolutely dominate somebody on the ground in the UFC. And he just dominated him for five rounds. So it ended up being a 48-44 card, which would have been a 50-44 card. And yeah, he won. And it was a great fight. So really, really good. Yeah, so John Jones is the man, and we'll see what happens next. I think he's going to have a quick turnaround of fights, and um, yeah, he's just untouchable at the moment. Like I say, his fight IQ is just on a different level. And boxing now, not a lot to talk about really. We're building up nicely towards the anti-Joshua Big Baby Miller fight in June something's going on with Tyson Fury and they said they're not going to be fighting against Deontay Wilder, the immediate rematch so he's going to have to fight a mandatory person Wilder and then Fury's possibly got a, a top 10 contender just keep himself ticking over, all to do with money again unfortunately, you know Fury's just signed his big contract big props to James DeGale who's retired since he's defeats Chris Eubank Jr. a couple of weeks ago never a massive fan of James DeGale but as a boxer Great boxer, so uh, you know, good luck to him in his retirement. And that's it for boxing. Like I say, it's literally 30 seconds and it's over. So, big thanks again, guys. Please get in contact with the show. If the retro rewind section of Jake Listen 8 Roberts hits a nerve or hits a chord, hopefully, not a nerve, hopefully, it's a chord, then please get in contact with myself at Chris Phelps 78 Andy's Man Club, who were one of the sponsors of this radio station. The, the, charity, volunteer-led suicide organisation. Please get in contact with them guys at Andy's Man Club on Twitter and you'll find them on Facebook. And the links for their website and that is within the Indie Rocks UK Facebook page. Okay, guys, so thank you very much. I've been Chris Phelps. That's the end of the show for another week. See you guys. Bye.